The stilling of the storm by Jesus is so well known that Matthew, Mark, and Luke all record it. Matthew even has two versions of it, here in Matthew 8 and another in chapter 14. In each version, there's a similar plot. The disciples are on a boat on the storm-prone Sea of Galilee. The wind and the waves escalate to the point of sheer terror by the disciples. And they are gripped by fear. And they summon the presence of Jesus, who speaks into the wind and calms the storm in an instant, leaving behind a band of drippy disciples, jaw-dropped in disbelief. But what's fascinating to me about this particular version of the story in Matthew 8 is what Jesus does before he speaks to the storm. Because he first speaks to the disciples. They awake him from his slumber, and they are both panicked and angry. Lord, save us. Don't you care that we are perishing? And that's when Jesus decides first to speak, not to the storm, but to them. Why are you afraid, you of little faith? Now, it should be no surprise to us that Jesus took that opportunity to ask a question. I mean, after all, he asked over 300 questions in the Gospels. Many times he asked those questions in response to someone else's question. As the old Jewish joke goes, a man once asked his rabbi, why do Jews always answer a question with a question? Answer, how else should we answer a question? Jesus easily could have spoken to the disciples with a declarative sentence in that moment. You know, something like, calm down or have more faith. Instead, he asked a question. Now, I'll admit that when I read that question, why are you afraid, you of little faith? I can't help but hear a tone of, of rebuke and perhaps even disappointment from Jesus in that moment. Hey, disciples, what is wrong with you? How could you be so afraid when I'm standing right here? What don't you all get? That's the way I typically read that question in the gospel. But as we've discovered today in an era of email and text messages and social media, we cannot always assume a person's tone simply by reading their words. It would have been so much nicer, wouldn't it, if we could have seen a video of Jesus asking that question? Sharon Ellison is a leadership and communications expert and wrote a book with a very compelling title, Taking the War Out of Our Words, The Art of Powerful, Non-Defensive Communication. She reminds us that body language and, and gestures and tone of voice means everything when we're speaking to each other in a tense, conflicted kind of situation. She gives as an example this question. Are you upset about something? Now, imagine if I were to ask it to you in this way. Are you upset about something? Now, 
you would probably detect in my face and in my body and in my tone a kind of interrogation that would easily escalate the tension of the moment. Are you upset about something? Now, even if that were not my intent, that is easily what I would be communicating to you, even, even subliminally, subconsciously. Why are you afraid, you of little faith? But since we have no video of Jesus asking that question, what if the Spirit were inviting us to hear his question with a different intent altogether? Not to escalate the tension for the disciples in that moment, but to offer a glimpse of peace and even hope. In that book, Sharon Ellison ponders how different it would be to hear the question this way. Are you upset about something? Here the question is less about accusing or judging and more about empathy and curiosity. Ellison notes that when you look up the word question in a dictionary, the definition most often includes the word interrogation and rarely includes the word curiosity. So what if... What if the question that Jesus would ask the disciples and ask us today is less about interrogation and more about curiosity? Not, why are you afraid, you of little faith? But more, why are you afraid? Why is your faith little? I love this idea that a simple question asked with earnest curiosity might actually de-escalate tension in the moment. I once heard Richard Rohr give a lecture in which someone asked him what he would do if he were at a party or some kind of public social gathering and someone next to him were to utter something rude and ideologically opposite of his own perspective. The questioner asked Dr. Rohr, Richard Rohr, if he would just ignore it in order to preserve the peace and comfort everyone else at the party, or if he would strongly rebut the rude comment with his own opinion. Richard Rohr responded, I would probably say something clearly but calmly like, hmm, that's not the way I see it and then leave it at that. That kind of response for Rohr neither escalates or avoids the tension, but enters it by calmly introducing novelty and curiosity. It may lead to more conversation, or it may at least plant the seed in that other person's mind that there may be other ways to see the question. I wonder, if what is happening here in this boat on the stormy Sea of Galilee is that Jesus is neither ignoring the disciples' fear or rebuking them for it, but introducing a way to conquer their fear through the simple act of asking a question with disarming curiosity. Why are you afraid? What is it that scares you? What do you think is the limit of your faith right now? And friends, what would it be like to hear Jesus asking you those questions in this moment for whatever areas of fear that you are facing today 
Imagine Jesus asking you these questions, not, not to accuse you of not having enough faith, but to invite you to explore the source of that fear, to, to test its validity, and to learn to rely on what is true, not on the falsehoods that fear would have you believe. The wise Buddhist author and spiritual guide Pema Chodron tells a fable about a young warrior whose teacher told her that she had to go into battle with fear. She didn't want to do that. She told her teacher that fear seemed too aggressive. It was scary. It seemed unfriendly. But the teacher said to the young warrior that she had to do it and then gave her the instructions for the battle. The day arrived. The young student warrior stood on one side and, and fear stood on the other. The warrior was feeling very small and fear was looking very big and very wrathful. They both had their weapons. The young warrior roused herself and went toward fear. And instead of striking at it, and, and instead of avoiding that fear altogether, the young warrior bowed three times and began simply to ask questions of fear. May I have permission to go into battle with you, she said. Fear responded, oh, thank you for showing me so much respect that you ask my permission. The young warrior then asked a second question. How can I defeat you? Fear replied, well, my weapons are that I talk fast and I get very close to your face and then you get completely unnerved and then you do whatever I say and believe whatever I tell you to believe. And if you don't do what I tell you and if you don't believe what I tell you to believe, then I have no power. You can listen to me, you can have respect for me, but if you don't do what I say, I have no power. And in that way, Pema Chodron says, the student warrior learned how to defeat fear. I know this season is one of intense fear for many of us. I suspect that whatever the source of your fear is today, you are not alone. And it does not take much of a trigger for that fear to escalate the tension that you are feeling within yourself. But you can take heart that Jesus comes to you right now, not to raise that tension even further, but to teach you how to de-escalate that tension by inviting you to ask simple questions of yourself and simple questions of your fears. So stand firm right now. Look your fear in the eye and ask, where does your fear come from? What's the earliest memory in your life that is so etched in your mind that you have a recurring tape in your mind that makes you afraid? The next question might be, do you believe that your fear is the truth? I've heard that fear is an acronym for false evidence appearing real. That young warrior within you has a choice not to believe the falsehoods that fear would have you believe. A recent study by the Department of Psychology at the University of Pennsylvania concluded that 91%, 91% 
of the things that we worry about do not actually come true. How about that? Which leads to the next question that we might ask fear. What's the worst that could happen? I mean, I know that many of us are very good at spinning out worst-case scenarios for the fears that we're facing. But as you do, remember that no matter what happens, God will give you what you need to face what happens next, even if it were to happen. God has done it before, and God will do it again. This is the lesson that the disciples needed to learn in that storm-tossed boat that day. Even if the worst thing were to happen, even if the boat were to crash to pieces, even if the disciples were to be treading water, but even if that worst thing were to happen, they would realize something in that moment. Jesus was with them. And the God who parted the waves in the Red Sea led the Israelites through the Jordan River, saved the ark from the flood waters, and defeated the watery beast Leviathan and Job, that God would still be with them and is still with you. So as it turns out, today's story is about Jesus calming two storms, not just one. He not only calms the physical storms around us, the wind and the waves of our circumstances, Even before that, he speaks to the storm within us to show us how to combat our stormy fears through the simple act of asking it questions. Where does your fear come from? Do you believe that your fear is the truth? What is the worst that could happen? And here's the final one. What would you be able to do if you weren't afraid? That, friends, is the future that God desires for you. A life that is neither free from fear nor dictated by it. It is a life in which you engage your fear and allow God to transform it to make you stronger and more faithful. Let's pray together. God, thank you for meeting us amid our fears. Thank you for neither judging nor ignoring our fears but providing a pathway to transformation. So guide us in our exploration and release of us of what makes us afraid and remind us that no matter what happens, you are with us and you give us just enough of what we need. We pray all these things in the name of our creator, redeemer, and sustainer. Amen.